0: Have you ever thought about how central the image of garden is to the scriptures? Genesis begins with a garden. Christ was betrayed in a garden. He was buried in a garden outside the city. And at the end of the book of Revelation, John gives us a picture of where all this is headed. There's a garden that has turned into a city. And Some call it the garden city. The Bible calls it the New Jerusalem. Because of the triumph of Christ on the cross, there will be a place purified from all non-garden compatible works of wood, hay, and straw, as Paul described in 1 Corinthians 3. A garden city place where sin and sickness and death are destroyed, where sadness isn't a status anymore, where disease disappears, where COVID is kicked out, where hatred and racism are burned by the cross, where wars and violence cease, where shootings don't happen and weapons aren't needed, where sexism and prejudice are purged, where sexualization and smut and swiping right are wiped away, where there is no exploitation and there is no poverty to exploit. There's no abusive pastors, there's no celebrity clergy, there's no wolves in sheep's clothing, no ministries that hurt, no corrupt bureaucracy, no crooks as politicians. God is building a garden city where there's no gluttony, where there is no pride, where there is no greed, no reasons to hide, where there is no envy, where there is no drugs, where there is no drunkenness, where there is no shame, where there is no waste, no junkyards, no upgrades, no landfills, no advertising, no damage to the environment, no freak storms, no loss of power, no power grids, no sun because Jesus is the light, no anxiety, no addictions, no depression, no surgeries, no fear, no heart attacks, no triggers, no cancer, No gluten, no masks, no vaccines, no Zoom calls, no Tylenol, no diapers. And I'm not sure about this one, but no country music. For sure, there's no Twitter, but I hope there's sugar. The road Jesus walked on, the Via Dolorosa, the road of suffering led to life. And there's a reason that Mary, the first person to see the risen Christ, mistook him for a gardener. And he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. and She saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? and that he had said these things to her. Hear the word of our Lord. There's so many things that I love about this resurrection account on the first Easter Sunday morning. First, there is the bravery in the other women who were with her. To go first thing in the morning, while it's dark, to the garden tomb of Jesus, heavily guarded by the Roman government, is not nothing. That took great courage We know from jewish customs that she's there to finish the burial process she and everyone else including the apostles can't believe that he has actually risen they're dumbfounded like many today who still scratch their head at the resurrection now in luke's version of the account he includes a detail john leaves out here in luke 24 the angels ask why do you seek the living among the dead Here you have Mary, seeking the living Lord in a garden tomb. And the angels point out the irony of seeking life in a place of death, which is something we do every day. We often look to dead things, empty things, to give us some sort of life. Eventually, puzzled and in shock, she turns around to leave, and she sees Jesus and thinks he's a gardener. Hello, do you see the theme? There it is again. Jesus engages her. But at this point, she doesn't think it's Jesus. She doesn't know it's Jesus. It's dark. And she still thinks his body was stolen. But my absolute favorite nugget in this story is when she finally gets it. It's when Jesus says her name. There must have been something to the way and the tone and the inflection of Jesus saying, Mary. And when Mary heard life, walking around in sandals, when when she heard life personified, life in the flesh, calling her by name in a garden, in creation, everything changed for her. She becomes the first person that Jesus appeared to after his resurrection, and she is permanently changed. She goes from being a mortician to a missionary, and she's tasked with bringing the good news to the disciples. She's a woman in the first century, And she becomes an apostle to the apostles, a herald to the heralds, a missionary to the missionaries. And those missionaries, those apostles, those early disciples doubted and they were afraid behind locked doors. There's so much beauty to this first Resurrection Sunday. Now I could belabor the point and I could come up with some cute three-point sermon complete with alliteration and a good story. But I bet you'd prefer that I get straight to the point. Here it is. Like Mary, are you searching for life among dead things? Mary was looking for Jesus where he wasn't, in gravecloths, And on her way out, she missed Jesus. Is there any aspect of your life where you are doing the same? Where are you searching for life and love in all the wrong places? On your way, on your way through life, even when it's dark, like Mary, have you missed Jesus and have you mistaken him for something else or someone else? And further, I want to ask all of us, have you heard life call your name? When Jesus, the living God, called Mary by name, she saw that it was God. And what a gift. He didn't beat her over the head or condemn her or shame her. He just said her name. Jesus is calling your name today, and he calls mine. Do you have eyes to see the risen Lord? Do you have ears to hear the risen Lord? Calling your name. He's here this morning, wherever you are, however you are, ready to meet you, ready to call your name. I encourage you this Easter season to stop looking for life where there is death. And to instead look for Jesus in those dark places and listen for when life calls you by name. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the living God and that your resurrection is our resurrection too. We thank you for the gift of creation. We thank you for the gift of the color green and orange and yellow and white and the warmth of the sun and the lengthening of daylight in this season and the fresh growth and all the sounds of life Lord we long for you to make our lives, our minds, our hearts, souls, our emotions, our relationships life again in the midst of this long season we've been in Where there is constant news of death and hatred and murders and sickness and pandemics and politics and division and polarization and strife and sin god we pray you would come and make us a garden people make this place a garden city make our families garden families make our lives garden, life filled, beautiful, filled, fragrance filled. Bring your presence, Lord. God, and for those watching and listening today, what I pray, if there's anyone who is far from you or is doubting you or has questions or has put you at arm's length, God, I ask that you would surround them by your kindness, by your love, by your spirit. And that it would be your kindness, your kind presence that brings them to you. Create life where there is death. Turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. We ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen.